0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Carousel Project. We are so excited to be ending another season. I cannot believe it. I have waited to talk about this topic for so long. I am bursting at the seams to talk about the Millennium Celebration. But first, I am Josie Maida, and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida.
1: And I am Kate Killebrew, and you can find me on all socials at Kate Killebrew.
2: And I'm Adam. You can find me on all socials at Epcot Adam
0: yeah you can <laughs> i changed yeah, up can. i changed up the tempo of it a little bit today. yeah she did yeah the I cadence
2: did. Is, is new for the finale <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll go back to, this was a special cadence for the finale. We'll go back to the normal one, season four. So giving, giving our listeners a reason to listen. Um, as we said, today we're going to be talking about the Millennium Celebration and to kick it off, as always, we have a question. What is your favorite Epcot pavilion? Now that can be a pavilion in the World Showcase or it can be a pavilion in Epcot in general. Um, go, Kate. Or Dang, I can go first. I
1: knew it was gonna be me.
0: No, you go first. You always you're always thrown well, into other people. The reason I never go first is because I don't want to seem rude. I don't want to seem like I think it's the Josie show.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and just survey for everybody listening. Well, we, we know it you, is the Josie that show that you can go first this week for okay. the finale. It's a Perfect. special occasion. Okay,
0: so for the special occasion, I think the imagination pavilion, even though it's not what it Ooh. once was, I feel like. The idea behind that, the fact that they even had a pavilion themed around imagination, the rainbow tunnel, the original figment, um, you know... I love the magic eye theater. That's there. I love everything that's been in there. Magic journeys is always like one of my favorite songs. Like my favorite Disney songs is magic journeys, which was from magic journeys that was in the original, you know, magic eye theater when it opened. So I just think that pavilion has gone through so many things historically. I think it's cool that they have it. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Imagination Pavilion for sure. And while we're on that, I think it's so crazy because I feel like at some point in time, they're going to adjust figment, and I wonder if we'll ever miss the way it is right now. Right? Yeah. Because right now, yeah. it's very 90s. I'm shocked that they even still have it because it's very it's very 90s. They really dated themselves. So I don't know. That's that's spinning off on tangents, but I, I'm going to go with the Imagination Pavilion. Although, Renee, if you're listening, it was the Mexico Pavilion because that's where I met. Pasquale. <laughs>
2: Pasqually,
1: Pasquale, if you are listening. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess my favorite pavilion, which does not exist anymore, would be Wonders of Life. I really enjoyed that pavilion. Um, I loved the concept behind it, and I feel like it mm-hmm. was really a big part of what like the idea of future world was the pavilion was devoted to the human body and the edutainment behind it Mm -hmm. i really liked cranium command i really liked body wars that was kind of the first big thrill attraction available in the park um ain't there no more i wish yeah i think
0: it was so cool i wish i could go back to that
1: yeah i really wish we had
0: i wish we had appreciated it when we were able to like go in there and just oh, look at the festival pavilion. Like, yeah. Oh, I did, girl. I yeah. would
1: I would peruse. I'd go in the little bathroom. I'd mm-hmm. try to go back anywhere I could where there would be a little touch of just that 89, 90s, you know?
0: Yeah. Someone right before I got on to my Epcot comms job, they, because they worked on the team and they were throwing the cast party in that building, they oh, did wow. go backstage and see the rides and the remnants. And I was like, why did I have to join this team just a little too late? Cause uh, by the time I was on the team, it was gutted for, of, course. Pavilion, so. oh. of course, that's my luck. Of
1: course. That is my luck. Oh. That's the worst. Okay, Adam, Adam your turn. <laughs>
2: okay. Wow. Um, As Epcot, Adam, I feel like it would be kind of sacrilege for me to pick one as my favorite because I just love all things Epcot, but you know, i really I really love the land pavilion. i I think it's so pretty in there. I love living with the land. I love mm-hmm. entering on the upper floor and walking in like yeah. seeing every all the commotion and everything going on below. I love seeing the Garden Grill restaurant, you know, oh, slowly so rotating good. just the whole that whole pavilion is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as my friends know, I am absolutely obsessed with the manatees at the Seas Pavilion. so, I mean, that's kind of, that might be my favorite. I don't know. This is, this is too difficult. I feel ya. 50% seas, 50% land. I feel ya. 100% manatees.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The manatees are his favorite pavilion. Well, the reason we were talking about pavilions is because they played a huge role in why the Millennium Celebration was housed at Epcot. So kind of twofold, um, you know, Epcot talks about the future, which is kind of like half of the pavilions talking about the future, talking about what is in the world. And then the other half is talking about culture. So kind of like the tagline, the whole gist of the celebration was we celebrate the future hand in hand. So, you know, bringing together that aspect and that that thought about the future, um, while also thinking about, being hand in hand with the globe. This was something we were celebrating globally, not just here um, in America. And I think also at the beginning of the episode, I really want to note that like I, this is definitely the episode I'm most excited for. Like I am so pumped to finally be talking about this, but I love learning about the year 2000 like it y2k the y2k bug it is just something that i'm really into also the year 2000 like i got to go to the millennium celebration i didn't really get to go to disney as a kid so it's huge like i have a disney dollar i have pictures of the 2000 above spaceship earth so it's really something i've wanted to talk about because i you know it's one of the few things i got to go to but i think that it's really cool that disney did something like this from you know as we bring in the marketing aspect because People really were very nervous about the year 2000, so I think it was really cool that they did something that was like, "No, this is amazing, and this is epic, and this is so crazy that we as human beings get to be here and be a part of this." Um, and so, this is a good thing. And I really loved one of the commercials I was watching. It was like a sneak peek of the Millennium celebration. So it might have been on like a DVD or something, or a I guess I'm I'm sorry, a VHS. Um, but it was like a little girl, and she was like, "Once every thousand years, the world." Pauses to celebrate a really special moment in time the beginning of a new millennium and of course having like a child it just was like very much like holy like no one you know like that was it that was that moment in time and now no one else who is alive at that time will get to experience it the next time it comes so I just think it's really cool that they did something like this because they really didn't have to they didn't have to do a year-long celebration for you know a new year because we don't typically see that
1: Yeah, but, you know, and like you said, I think it just speaks to where the company was at at that point in time. They were always looking for an excuse to celebrate in Mm -hmm. some way. And Mm -hmm. this was a big way to celebrate something, not only in, you know... Orlando or in the country but like in the world because like you said this is happening once in a lifetime for these people you know for the people that are currently living and it
0: really was such a great fit so when I was watching a lot of the material and watching a lot of the commercials it kept Mm -hmm. saying showcasing the all new Epcot and when I was doing my research I saw that Mm -hmm. this really was the last time that Epcot had a major overhaul and so it's really really incredible to see that now as we're going into this new season of Epcot having an overhaul seeing the things that were updated and changed last time seeing how they celebrated them um but it kind of was like hand in hand they were redoing Epcot they could kind of put that synergy towards the year 2000 um and so there was just a lot to celebrate and again the futuristic vibes of Epcot the global vibes of Epcot it really made so much sense and they did so much for this they did so much the millennium celebration had so many cool things um and I know right now on this show we're comparing everything to the 50th (laughs) but the millennium celebration to celebrate the new millennium really was that girl like they did a lot of stuff
1: well and you know I will say probably when we were again I was like seven at this time so this was probably the norm for guests going to the parks for that past like decade or so because that really was the era where they I feel like they really partied it up for everything Mm -hmm. but like looking reflecting back on it now over 20 years later when we see what they do for in my opinion major milestones in the company's history Um, it's, it's just, it's really cool and refreshing to see what lengths they went to to really make this a unique time to like celebrate and visit the parks and, you know, drive guests in, which is the whole point, you know?
0: Yeah, and, to, and again, to create some happiness and some excitement about the fact that it's turning 2,000. And of course, there were other brands mm-hmm. that did the same. Yeah. But this yeah. really was a time where people were very scared. And for people who don't know about Y2K, it was basically the fear that computers wouldn't understand the Year 2000 because it had always so basically been basically
2: the number two starting the, the year, uh, four digit um, year. Yeah. yeah.
0: So everybody was worried that like all computers because the dates were wrong and would think it was 1900 again would just like crash, crash. They thought everything yeah. the was gonna of,
2: crash, the world as we like, know it was yeah. not gonna exist anymore. Didn't like, didn't technology, think, like, would electri- just
1: die? like, like, electricity and everything all together yes. wasn't gonna work, like, yes. They,
0: they were yeah. very scared everything. it was all
1: just gonna shut off at like midnight yes, kind of thing that they thought
0: yep. everything was Which going is to wild crash. for
1: me to think about being seven like back then like you know what i mean oh it's, i had it's no clue wild to think i remember th- what i remember about the year 2000 or about to be the year 2000 is like those de- department 56 type houses that they put out for like christmas time one of our neighbors had one but it was like themed to the millennium and it was like the ball dropping and it had like the 2000 like that's what I think of when I think of the year 2000. I feel like I
0: very specifically remember the year 2000 like Cheerios but I clearly did but not... But the fact that all the
1: adults were, like, worried about this and we're just living our lives Yeah, I like, mean, I feel kids, like my family you know?
0: was not <laughs> must have not really been worried. I did listen to another podcast. I don't remember what it was called. I'll try to find it for the show notes, and that has nothing to do with Disney. It's really, if you're interested in Y2K in general, and it was all different stories. Like, the guy who was producing yeah. the podcast and speaking, he was talking about his own journey with Y2K and what it did with his life and the choices he made, you know, as you know, people were grappling with the potential of the end of the world, or even if they didn't think it was going to be the end of the world, just like the thought that like at any moment it could be. Um, and then he explored other people's experiences as well. And it was really cool. But anyway, back to Epcot. Um, they wanted to showcase how people celebrated the new year and the new millennium all over the globe at the all-new Epcot. So again, in this little preview I found, they basically were having cultural representatives in the preview saying like, we celebrate the future and children and we celebrate, you know, just like different things that people associate with like a new year. And it was really, really cool. Um, Yeah. And I think that kind of leads us into one of my favorite millennium celebration things, something that is still at Epcot um, that'll be, I guess the first thing we talk about feature wise or what was included in the celebration, but the world show place. Um, and so that is the building that is between like Canada and the UK and they use it a lot for festivals. Um, that Mm -hmm. super huge building was the Millennium Village. And so that building was only supposed to be there for the Millennium Celebration. We are now 22 years out and it's Mm -hmm. still Mm -hmm. there. Um, So they added this Millennium Village and in my research, I found that, you know, there had been many times over the years and still to this day, there have been many times over the years where they've tried to add new pavilions and it just hasn't been successful. You know, Brazil, Israel, whatever it is that they've tried and just hasn't worked out. So this was an opportunity for them to bring a new pavilion to Epcot only for the Millennium Celebration, the Millennium Village, and they had over two dozen countries In this Millennium Village and they had representatives there from all of the countries so just like you would see out on the World Showcase with the representatives you know being in their own countries it was the same way within this Millennium Village which was pretty exciting and cool we've never seen anything like that it didn't stick around past this Um, I thought that was really cool
1: And from a marketing standpoint, I could totally see them using this as an excuse for research and development to see, like, which of these Mm -hmm. countries got the most interest and excitement for the 15-month celebration to say, wow, we could add a Brazil pavilion, we could Mm -hmm. add you know, a New Zealand pavilion, whatever. Um, I think it was a really smart way, like you said, to throw some extra culture in there and like, you know, some extra edutainment opportunities mm-hmm. and l- further link the globe together for this short-term celebration. Yeah. So um, I know I looked into the Millennium Village, like, exhibits and stuff a little bit because e- even if I did go to Disney at this time, which I'm pretty sure I did, I would not have remembered, yeah. like, a lot of the details at 7 um, so I thought it was really cool that the pre-show every day would start with cast members from, um, you know, eight of the countries, they would each speak a line and those countries were Ethiopia, India, Kenya, New Zealand, Indonesia, South Africa, Israel, and Nambia, Nam- I need to look up how to say that real quick, hold on.
2: I think it's Namibia, I don't know.
1: Namibia, yeah. So I thought it was cool that... At the at the pre-show every day they would, you know, work those eight countries in, and then they obviously had like the interactive exhibits from um Brazil, Chile, and um Eritrea, Eritrea. I okay Eritrea. yeah, I've I've pronounced it out. So anyway, they had the interactive exhibits from Brazil, Chile, and Eritrea, which for for me this was really cool because like Brazil, I think they did a great job of really giving like a full view of their country with like the Amazon rainforest. Um, you know, they talked about soccer since that's like their national sport. And then they also talked about carnival, which is like a big carnival. um, Yeah. A big celebration over there. I mean, isn't it basically just like Mardi Gras, but over there, like um, I'm actually done. not
0: sure about exactly what they do I'm sure there are some similarities I've always wanted to learn more about it and it's one of those things yeah. that you're like oh my gosh that's so cool and interesting I should mm-hmm. learn more and then you just haven't but yet. I
1: love that they like highlighted a few things um you know in some of the other groups like they may have only touched on like one thing but I feel like they covered like recreation celebration and then like I don't know how you would like can explain the Amazon rainforest but I guess just like destinations there i guess or like ecosystems there but um i thought that that was cool um chili talked about um harvesting the fog for like crops and things like that they talked about how they have like ranch lands and forests and vineyards and then they talked about easter island um And then Eritrea, they talked about coffee. So I think it was great. It was great edutainment for all ages because it helped to link these areas to um, to different aspects of the world for, you know, kids of all ages.
0: Yeah. It was really, really awesome. And again, they were using these representatives in marketing materials as well. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was super, super cool. And again, that building is still there. So if you're at the, you know, if you're at Epcot for, um, a festival or sometimes a special event, they have that open and it's huge. It's gigantic. So it's really cool to see a piece of this millennium celebration still there. Now, another piece that most people remember, um, that stayed in the park for quite a while, um, is the 2000 that was over Epcot. So there was the, um, Sorcerer Mickey glove, um, the sorcerer Mickey glove and he's holding a wand and there's the 2000 Fantasia was pretty big at this time with the re-release of Fantasia 2000 um and so that kind of ties in with the sorcerer Mickey glove I was talking to my dad to see what he remembered from when we went and he said that he was sure there was a Fantasia Fantasia 2000 show in Hollywood studios and he said it was amazing, and I was like, "Do you mean Fantasmic?" But the timeline didn't line up. He said it was specifically a show for the two thousands that was Fantasia themed. So I don't know. I don't know what what he's thinking, um, but you know, I didn't find anything on that. But me I also neither. wasn't I looking. Searched, I searched high and so. low. So if anyone remembers anything, definitely let us know. But. Yeah, so the 2000, and the reason I brought that up again was the Fantasia Glove, how they tied that into Sorcerer Mickey's hand, but the 2000 was this gigantic 2000 that was over Spaceship Earth, Um, and then after the celebration, that stayed there until 2007, Um, but they just replaced the 2000 with the words Epcot. Um, So that was there until 2007 when Siemens became the new sponsor um, of of Spaceship Earth. They finally kind of like renovated it and took it down, but I thought it was pretty cool. Some people said they hated it, but I thought it was pretty cool.
1: I think it comes down to like age at that time because I know for me, I loved the 2000 and I loved the Epcot on the side. I thought it was a lot of fun, but I also enjoyed the Sorcerer Hat. Um, and I know that I feel like older people did not enjoy um, either of those mm-hmm. park landmarks. They didn't like they didn't like the the wand and they didn't like the hat. So I think it just depends on where you fell with like the age and nostalgia of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was
0: really cool. I thought it was really, really cool. And then in line with that, and I wish I could find more about this, but again, it was like, I looked up everything and I don't know how there wasn't more on this, but there was a hot air balloon that looked like spaceship earth with the 2000 on it. And for the year 2000, Ooh, it yeah. flew around the country. It went to all these major cities. There were a couple pictures of like Chicago, New York, over um, Niagara Falls. And on the wow. hot air balloon, they replaced 2000 with Epcot as well. But they didn't really use it very much. It wasn't broken out again until 2008 for the year of a million dreams when a family could win a trip to ride around in this hot air balloon.
1: Yeah, I did a On This Day in Disney History about that oh, recently. Okay, so yeah. do you know more about Sorry, the cities about that it. it went to? No, because I only looked at it on behalf of the time that it was used in 2008 but I did I noticed that the original version of it had the 2000 so I was like okay Mm -hmm. this was clearly for the millennium celebration but I didn't Mm -hmm. look into it much further than that yeah so it
0: was a couple like I saw Chicago again New York over the over Niagara Falls but I thought that was really cool and I thought that they that was cool that they used it again for year of a million dreams but I wish I could have found more information because I'm like there had to be news coverage like a hot air balloon traveling around the country is definitely a marketing thing like I'm sure people went to go and see it and and, mm-hmm. and follow it and so I was kind of surprised that I couldn't find a lot of traces of it.
1: I feel like in the early 2000s when it came to things happening there's either a ton of information about it or there's like one grainy photo and like two lines about it at least in Disney history that's been my experience because I, like I could barely find anything about the year of a million dreams version of the hot air balloon. Like I found one Mm -hmm. photo and it was very tough to find. And I was like, I feel like there would have been more about this. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Right
0: there. You would have thought. So
1: I thought that was super, super
0: cool. Um, Also, we talked about in the beginning of the episode that they were saying it's the all new Epcot. So there were some refurbishments that came. Um, There was a bunch of refurbishments right behind um, Spaceship Earth and so if anyone remembers kind of like there was the pin traders and then there were like those fun kite awnings that were coming off of it that was mm-hmm. from the Millennium Celebration there were some new walkways and now pin traders the reason that that was so important was that pin trading was launched in 1999 as part of the Millennium Celebration so they had had Disney pins but it wasn't the way in which we know it now where you could kind of like trade with cast members and there was trading in the park that was for the Millennium Celebration and that little pin shop they built that is no longer there um was open for the Millennium Celebration and was really the major hub for pins in what Walt Disney World Mm -hmm. so I thought that was really super cool because again there's a lot of things from the celebration like more than I would have thought that are still kind of around and present in the parks today
1: yeah because I knew that I knew that the pin trading had begun around that time but Mm -hmm. but when doing research for this episode that's when I found out it started in October you know October 1st 1999 with the start of the celebration Mm -hmm. so it was pretty cool um because like you said pin trading is still a thing today they still have the pin trading boards up at all like locations and Mm -hmm. the fact that it stood the test of time and i can imagine you know people coming in and visiting and they want to get their souvenirs and being you know upsold on getting the pin trading lanyard for Mm -hmm. this celebration and you know whatever so it very smart on disney's part very smart
0: Absolutely very smart. And speaking of the dates, I just realized we didn't say. So the celebration began October 1st, 1999, and it went through till September 9th, 2001, which again, I think the timing here is so important because life as we knew it was about to change a few days later. And they had had the celebration to, uh, you know, I feel like again, there was an element of it of having something be fun because October 1999 was the end of 1999. So people who were worried about Y2K were really worried at that point. And it's crazy that this ended right before 9-11, which, you know, would change not only our country, but the world and specifically the tourism industry changed Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah based on that. So I thought the timeline was just really interesting that this really was like just such a moment in time that everything lined up. It happened at like the perfectly right time, but it was so crazy that this celebration kind of ended just a couple days before 9/11 and like
1: And they had this this celebration ended in January of um 2001, but they would be ramping up the 100 years of magic celebration in October of 2001. So right. they were immediately jumping into I think one of the biggest celebrations they ever did because it was four park wide, you know, like it was a lot that mm-hmm. they did. And a lot, a, I think back a lot of back. that was possible because of what they did for the Millennium Celebration. They obviously reused like Tapestry of Nations and they things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, Yeah, it is. It's truly wild that they went all out for this 15-month celebration, and then they were jumping into another Mm 18-month celebration for it to get kind of derailed slightly with the tourism crash um, of 9-11, so...
2: Yeah, wow.
0: and so Kate just talked... Oh, I just hit the... And Kate just talked about Tapestry of Nations. So Tapestry of Nations started, you know, just with... It, you know, it started on October 1st, 1999 with the Millennium Celebration. It was a parade through Epcot. I have the poster of it from the new Disney Parks collection they have, which is super, super cool. Um, and so this was a really cool performance that had over 2,000 singers, dancers, puppets, and was performed in Epcot, which is cool because we don't really see parades there anymore.
1: Yes, and... um. The puppets were designed by um, the the guy who was doing the puppets for the Lion King Broadway stuff, too. So, like, Mm -hmm. they were the real deal. Um, And, yeah, I mean, they would go on to use the majority of the Tapestry of Nations stuff for the Hundred Years of Magic. But, yeah, it it was a really important part of this celebration, like you said. And they really didn't see many parades before that in Epcot. So I feel like it was a... It was a big deal.
0: It was a huge deal, and the Tapestry of Nations was so cool. And did you know that it was the Super Bowl halftime show that Mm -hmm. year? no I didn't know that so produced they Disney produced the halftime show for Super Bowl 34 which took place on January 30th 2000 Um, so again right as the year is beginning so what like again we know Disney and the NFL have a great relationship especially when it comes to that really organic feeling marketing of like we're going to Disney World like we're going to Disneyland those moments Um, and so they produced the halftime show and the show was called Tapestry of Nations it included instrumental from Reflections of Earth um, Celebrate the Future Hand in hand was performed by Christina Aguilera and Enrique Iglesias I think so two worlds by I don't know if they were saying the song was by Phil Collins or if Phil Collins was there and then we go on by Tony Braxton so again I didn't I couldn't tell if they were saying I I will put the link to the Super Bowl show in the show notes I just didn't have time to watch the whole thing
1: that's really cool I didn't realize that but that that does track because Disney was like you said, involving themselves with NFL in a few ways for the past few years, like that. So that's really cool that that could be a great way to kind of market themselves and their celebration. Yeah, for it the was so cool. Year. They
0: were showing base, and then then some of the puppets and stuff were there, and like the mm-hmm. you know the stuff from the parade. So I feel like what a better way like that is. The whole Super Bowl halftime show was basically a commercial for the Millennium celebration. Yeah, love that, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and so I feel like that that's nuts like we've never seen anything like that again um, and then also the Leave a Legacy program
1: mm-hmm.
0: happened for the Millennium Celebration so that's something that's still in the parks and has changed quite a bit so back a few years prior there was the walk around the world which were the the stones and those were 96 to 150 dollars but then leave a legacy was for the two thousand celebration they had just renovated the front of the park and it was to include those big statues I did and John Hench had designed them he helped to design Spaceship Earth um and so you would get to put your little picture on it it was 35 or 38 dollars but I couldn't find why like what you got for those couple of extra dollars but you got to put you know what it is
1: Mm-hmm. okay so basically um these etchings could have a max of two people so if you had one person in the etching it was 35 if you had two people in the etching it was 38 but if you had like a family of five you would minimum need to buy three of these spots um which would be you know 38 38 35 but they in one of the articles i was reading they were talking about how like you know if you have three kids, they're probably each going to want to get their own etching. And then the parents have an etching. So all of a sudden you're buying four. But um, that's where the thirty-five, thirty-eight came in. It was based on. So if you were a couple and you knew you'd be together in 20 years, then, you know, investing the extra three dollars and have yourselves both in the etching. But <laughs> um, they were saying, you know, you need to go back and look at this. So you better get it with someone who's going to be in your life kind of thing. So anyway, I mean
2: in sync had their own, right? They all yeah. had one for each other. But of that
1: them. but they probably yeah, I I don't remember if they were all separate or if they just ended. I think no, they were
0: They're all separate. separate, just next to each other, which <laughs> yeah. was another like huge part. Like, yeah. that's crazy. In sync yeah. was huge at this time, so super, super, super cool. And now, of course, the front of Epcot. Now we're seeing it's just been redone again. It now looks a lot more like it did when Epcot first opened, which is really cool. Um, rather than you know the new, the new open, the new um, entryway from 2000, but you can still see the Leave a Legacy. They're on kind of like range walls now you yeah
1: like i well i was gonna say i look doing the research for this it was a it was kind of an interesting thought process i went through because when john hench designed these sculptures the way he did they had none of the plates go higher than like eye levels. So that way everybody could see their etchings. Like they wouldn't have mm-hmm. a hard time finding them. But in my opinion, it's very short sighted the way the panels are today because they go way up like six or seven, 10 feet tall. So you can't yep. see your etchings if you're at the top, like there's no way you can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You can locate it based on their QR code or their website or whatever. But I feel for those people that are like way, way up high. Cause they really they really can't see them yeah um so i just think you know i i i feel like back then they thought those things through and whereas now it's like visually it's cool to see all the etchings but like realistically if you have one of those and you fall in that like higher category you're not getting to see your like etching thing. yeah so um So that was really the only thought I had with that. But um, I did think it was cool that John Hench was celebrating his 60th year with Disney in 1999 when he was working on this uh, sculpture project for it. Um, And then I also didn't realize that like the Leave a Legacy stand station thing was like right underneath Spaceship Earth. Um, Mm -hmm. Seeing videos of that was like or photos of that was kind of crazy for me because I didn't realize like that's where it used to be. And then there were two other kiosks throughout the park. But, um, I mean, people could still buy these up until June of 2007. That's a long time that they still, because apparently they just didn't sell enough, um, so they just kept it running. I
0: heard that, I wish I remember, and again, it was probably just who knows if it would have been real anyway, but it was a Mm -hmm. big number that people were saying that they were able to um, sell.
1: Yeah, well, I know that um, the total of the etchings now is like, five five hundred and fifty thousand guests are etched into it but from what i understand i think it was supposed to be like way more than that and as mm-hmm. of 2007 they just had to stop and there, there are still empty spots and maybe that's why they moved to the panel idea when they wanted to move the structures because they can more evenly disperse them and it wouldn't be as obvious that like some sections are just not you know covered but um I
0: wish they brought it back that they were like okay we're moving leave a legacy we're redoing the entryway mm-hmm. again like if you want to but I think they didn't like you said like they didn't need more people this time around it was only no. that other thing so they were like nope we don't need more people <laughs> but I wished cuz I thought it would have been really cool
1: Yeah I mean I think it was a cool concept and it was a great way to like kind of like you said make an even bigger moment of this Mm -hmm. millennium like leave your mark on the new you know the future with you know your little etching in the park and it was a really cool thing for people to get to go back and look at every time they went on their trips and stuff but i'm sure when it was time to move those big heavy structures it was a pain um but yeah i did i i thought in my notes getting to find out that they specifically lined up those panels of the etchings to be at eye level so people could actually look at them. Seeing the tall panels now, I'm like, oh, you know, it's just one of those like little things, but it's probably not a big deal. It's probably just me um but yeah I do think it's very poetic though that these started in 99 and they got rid of them like they announced in in 2019 so like 20 years later which they had said in the paperwork that people got when they bought these like these can be moved anywhere on property at any time Mm -hmm. like after 20 years they can be so everybody assumed that through 2027 would be them staying but you know, I think it's kind of cool that they moved them in 2019, you know, 20 years after the start of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then also another thing that we got from the celebration that lasted a really long time was um, Illumination's Reflection of Earth.
1: So that actually mm-hmm. came before this. It was, well, the, the uh, other versions of Illumination's. It was oh, all okay. the way back in 1988, I believe, or 89 yeah it goes all the way back, but yes this version illuminations two thousand colon reflections of earth that became what we had before we got rid of it, which was illuminations reflections of earth um into in uh it stayed through Epcot forever obviously, but there were other i think there were two or three other versions of illuminations before this there was one for the twenty fifth anniversary in ninety six um and then there were I had a, I have a list I could find it really quick. I honestly but there were like I'm not surprised versions. that that's the
0: thing that I'm like I don't know as much about because I honestly don't didn't like illuminations that much which is probably my most like controversial Disney opinion
1: <laughs> yeah I never really got to see it because my mom doesn't like to stay in the parks after dark with my brother with his epilepsy mm. but I I mean I saw it as a kid but that was really it but yeah there were several I was surprised how old illuminations were was I didn't realize that it had been around um yeah it it had been around since I believe 80 I think 89 um or 88 so it was it's it had been around for about 10 years whenever this new version came out so yeah um we didn't really talk too much about the Millennium Village stuff but I did want to talk about um the Millennium Dreamers Global Children's Summit that they yes, had This
0: was really cool. This was a partnership with McDonald's, you were saying, right?
1: Yes. So um basically they were we're in like the peak of McDonald's Disney partnership at the time. And um they decided to sponsor this summit for kids around the world um that were basically selected based on volunteerism and philanthropy. Two thousand kids mm. and teens were selected. Um, from both the United States and um, 198 other countries and they all came to EpCOt to be a part of workshops, um, so cool. symposiums, backstage, tours and then other like networking functions to learn about each other's cultures they were called millennium dream ambassadors and it took place from may 8th through may 10th 2000 um and yes it was sponsored by mcdonald's and the united nations educational scientific and cultural organization so those two organizations put it on um and yeah kids ages 8 to 15 they were selected based on their volunteerism and philanthropy and um some of the perks that they got were like a backstage tour at disney's animal kingdom they had a private viewing of main street electrical light parade so they got to do some pretty cool stuff and from what i understand it sounds like they were like flown out to do this so um I remember reading some of the articles about uh, people around the country that were selected, and they were talking about how they were excited it was going to be their first plane ride or their first trip to Disney, like, based yeah, I'm on sure getting selected. Yeah, they did. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But they began the global search back in October of 1999 when the Millennium Celebration started. So they took, you know, quite a few months to, you know, select these 2,000 kids. But I thought it was really cool, like... McDonald's didn't have to do this like they didn't have to put together this you know really cool chance to bring what would be seen yeah. as like you know really great kids from around the globe together to all meet and you know learn about each other's cultures and network and all that it's super um, cool. for this fun weekend so again just another like above and beyond thing that was going on during the celebration. Um, do we want to talk about some of the like attraction offerings that they were like oh, yeah. highlighting at the time? Absolutely. Let's I do. do it. So I'm going to start I'm going to start outside of Epcot first, because obviously they had to be highlighting other things in the other parks, too, to, you know have people go so um all these attractions were just things that opened in the year 1999 but they just kind of put them under the umbrella so many adventures of winnie the pooh opened in june of 1999 rock and roller coaster had opened in july of 1999 sounds dangerous um as we talked about on our animal kingdom episode that opened exactly one year after animal kingdom opened um Drew Carey was on that yep. attraction mm-hmm. and he hosted the special for Animal Kingdom. That's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Um, well, yeah, and I think
0: this is cool to remember too because basically anytime they have something that's opening around the time, you know what I mean? They're going to try yeah. to tie it in as much to the celebration yeah. as possible.
1: Um, Always. And then the last two that were not in Epcot were both special to me. Doug Live, that was the show that um, oh, it opened in so March to see of that. 1999. Uh, my mom was actually in it. Hair flip, um, but that's where um, you know the Frozen sing along is today, and where American Idol Experience used to be. That building has gone through some changes, mm-hmm. but anyway, that was there for a few years, and then Tarzan Rocks, which is um, which was open in July of 1999. Now I did see some other websites that were highlighting like Cali River Rapids, which was yeah. very new in 1999. But the point is, like basically any attractions that opened at that time were being pushed for the celebration as well but um we did see a pretty um like noteworthy change in a major attraction during this celebration um journey into your imagination this was the second version of the attraction at the imagination pavilion Mm -hmm. and it opened with the celebration on october 1st 1999 it would only remain open a little over two years which as we know does not happen with a lot of attractions Mm -hmm. to have such a short run it closed on october 8th 2001 it was highly criticized no the dream finder was removed for this version figment was like barely in it and um it took guests through a tour of the lab this was the first time you would see nigel channing's character because they were tying in the honey eye shrunk the audience um attraction that was in like the magic eye mm-hmm. theater or whatever so but with this time it was basically like They would go under an imagination scanner, and Nigel would determine that they didn't have an imagination, so he was going to take them through, like, all these different labs, which for me is wild because it's, like, so the opposite of what the current version of the attraction is, Mm -hmm. but you would go through a sound lab, an illusion lab, a color lab, a connections lab, and a gravity lab um and Were people then, like
0: what the heck how are you gonna say I have no imagination yeah exactly
1: it's like let's go through this uh you know let's go into the imagination scanner oh you have no imagination let's take you through you know <laughs> so shocker it didn't do well um so for me it's just so like it was in my opinion such a hit and a miss for them to be so excited to have like changed this up for the millennium, and this was the biggest
0: ride in the park yeah. where the millennium
1: celebration was, yes, being like they were featuring held. this, and then it was like such a fail, and people hated it. Um, and so still do. Before all of this, I didn't realize like that it literally lined up with the millennium celebration, yeah, I didn't but, I didn't, like, realize I didn't either. 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 I just knew it was somewhere in that time frame, but the fact that they were like, go see this new experience, and it was like such a fail. Um, I just thought that was kind of wild. Um, another attraction that kind of saw a lot of change was the Interventions area. They did a big, Mm -hmm. um, kind of rebrand in there with the, the road to tomorrow aspect where they had like all the little streets and the street signs like that, that all came from this millennium celebration change. Um, I was trying to look more into some of the sponsorships that they had out at that time, but, um, one that I thought that was kind of cool was they had a like worldwide web. Um, set up sponsored by like go.com and they were kind of talking about like the internet, which was kind of new at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this is where we would also start to see Tom Morrow, the, um, the little yellow robot guy that we would see on like the Disney channel commercials. I don't know if you guys remember it, but he used to have, they used to have a little animatronic of him like in inventions for a little while. And I thought, I used to think it was so cool. Um, and then this was also when Mouse Gear would become a thing. Before that, it was a Centor- Centorium store and it was expanded and became Mouse Gear. So we saw a lot of change in what they called Millennium Central, which was like that mm-hmm. area behind Spaceship Earth.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it.
1: I mean, um, I'm do you have to more? See. I had a lot about Millennium Village, but you do? We didn't really cover it. Yet. No, go say it. Tell it, girl. You tell the Millennium Village truth. Well, I mean, they had so they had um, they had the the Expo two thousand projects. What I thought was really cool was like for Scotland, they had where you could play mini golf, like to kind of tie in Scotland, and they talked about like Scottish inventions. Um, Sweden, they had. Four twenty-seven 27 foot tall eggs that represented the four seasons um and then they were surrounded by like modern invention modern sweden inventions like the computer mouse and the pacemaker the cool thing about the whole sweden setup was that this was actually also at the 1998 world's fair in lisbon um so they ended up bringing this over to Millennium Village. So I thought that was kind of cool. Saudi Arabia, they had interactive games to learn about their country. So it was like really fun, entertaining ways to like draw the kids in to kind of want to learn more. In the Israel area, they had the, the entrance was paved with real stones from Jerusalem which I thought was like really cool and authentic. Wow, cool. And then the um, guests had the ability to send a message to the Western Wall by computer. And then they also had something called the Time Elevator, so it would take them back in time, like um, I guess to Jerusalem and like the history of Israel. That's Again, so cool. Again, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had artisans from Lebanon, Peru, Thailand, Egypt. Greece, Korea, Venezuela, and Ecuador. And then one thing that I thought was really cool was the food court aspect. They had something called the Gift of Cuisine, which featured food from all continents of the Earth. Um, oh, I love which that. Which is really wow. cool. And this part like kind of served the main purpose of the millennium village which was the idea of sharing cultures through breaking of bread so i thought that was like mm-hmm. really fun i love and that And then the last thing that they had was um they had a world culture game which was like a quiz show hosted by cast members um and it was like to represent the united nations and the game had teams based on like they had the dominoes the checkers the pawns the aces the marbles the horseshoes and the knuckle bones but this was like again another edutainment way to like learn about um each of the different continents and things like that so that was all taking place inside of the 65,000 square foot building um that is still there today
0: that's crazy And it it is so cool that it's still there today. It's still a piece of the the festival that you can still see. And I think that is truly a great way to end this episode. I'm so glad you had all that research, Kate, because I certainly did not, which is why we make a great team here at the Carousel (laughs) Project Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to our Little Passion Project. We cannot believe this is the end of Season 3. We have learned so much this season. We've learned so much throughout our whole time recording the show. And we want to let you know that next season... We will be back, but we will be posting episodes every other week. And we think this is going to make it easier for us to make sure that we have all the research we need to bring you really great shows and that we can get our shows out on time for all of you every other week. So we are so excited for season four. We just finished planning it out. We have some really great topics in mind, but again, thank you so much for listening to, you know, this season and the seasons before we cannot wait to see when we come back from our break. If you want to catch us in the meantime, and as always, you can find us on Instagram At carousel project podcast
1: and as Josie mentioned with the new season we are also excited to drop our patreon we've been talking about this since the beginning of season three we have finally set everything up we have our packages in place and one major part of this that we're really excited about is the bonus episodes we went ahead and dropped our first two bonus episodes that go along with season three we have bonus episodes planned for season four and beyond so if this is something you're interested in and you want to help support this passion project check out the patreon link in the show notes and let us know if you want to be a part of any of our packages and um, hopefully you can start listening to those special bonus episodes real soon
0: Cause they're really good. If I do say so myself, I love the bonus episodes. <laughs> they're, so they're kind fun. of like fun,
1: weird, yeah. nichey subtopics that we
0: don't have time for, at you know during our normal topics. So we can't wait for you guys to hear them. And again, if you do want to be a part of that and you do want to hear those episodes, we love you so much and appreciate it so much.
2: Always.
1: And as always, if you enjoyed this episode or another episode, and you haven't left us a comment, a, a review on Apple Podcasts please feel free to do so. We are so grateful for those of you who have taken the time to let Apple Podcasts know how you feel about the Carousel Project podcast. It really helps to get the word out about this and um, we can't thank you guys enough for sharing not only that five-star review, but also a few sentences about what you love about it. Um, It means so much. So as usual, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review.
2: And as always, please share us with your friends. Um, as, as usual, between seasons, we will be taking the next month off to get started and prepare for the next season. So now is the perfect time to catch up on episodes you missed, have your friends catch up, you know, have have a you know listening party. It's, it's worth it, trust me. And yeah, I guess that's it.
1: And if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us in our email that we'll have in the show notes. We would love to hear from you guys.
0: And now that's
1: it. And that's it.
0: And that's it. That's all. We'll see you next time here at the Carousel Project Podcast for Season 4. We
1: appreciate you and we love you. Bye. Bye. Love
2: you. Love you. you. Bye. Take care.
1: Take care. (laughs) See you next season. Bye. 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 Bye.